Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, February 8th. It has been far too long since we did one of our recurring segments here on the Mini Break Podcast. Of course, we are so fortunate day in, day out to be supported by our friends at Tennis Point. But as you listeners may know, every Tuesday, we like to check in with our friends over at Tennis Point, talk about the latest and greatest offers, talk, of course, about everything happening in the tennis world as well. That is why I am so excited to be back with another edition of Tennis Point Tuesday with my guy, Tennis Point's very own Nate Walrus. Nate, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I hope I can uh, shake off the rust a little bit. We're back <laughs> in action. I miss I miss seeing you. I miss hearing you, but I've been tuning into uh, all your podcasts. You've been crushing it, man. Uh, it's very kind of you to say. First of all, you're a podcaster now yourself. No rust, please. You're you're in no, the yeah. game now. What? <laughs> we're, hey, we're figuring things out a little bit. Yeah. I, that's. It's not as easy as, as Gruskin makes it look, fellas. It's it's not that easy. Um, but no, it's 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 a damn good time, and there's just so much to talk about. I figured, um, why not launch our own so we can nerd out on some of the gear, equipment, everything else. So, um, yeah, you guys you guys have been busy over there. No, it's been busy times across the world right now for all of us tennis players, all of us tennis fans. And as always, of course, we are so grateful for the support we get from all of you uh, and our listeners know for the latest and greatest equipment. There's only one location to go. It's tennis-point.com. You use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% of all sale items. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, that free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. Nate, if our listeners go to tennispoint.com right now what are they going to find what's the latest and greatest give me the lowdown yeah so 2022 getting kicked off with the i mean with some electric stuff right now i mean you first off you had the melbourne collections mm-hmm. from everything you saw down in australia uh, we have all of those uh, all the apparel you saw i mean nike adidas yonix fila um all that great stuff i thought there was a lot of clean kits down there and we've i think we've got just about all of them so you guys can shop those. Uh, but what I'm most excited about is the rackets um, right now. Had a bunch of racket launches in the last month or so, it feels like. Um, you got the Boom Pro, uh, really new to the market. That's that's out there now. You can find it on our website. Uh, you got the E-Zone, and you got the Dunlop um, SX300. So it's oddly enough, in my opinion, I've tested, I've tested the three of them out. They all – they're all kind of in a similar category, you know. It's a they're heavy, heavy on this heavy spin. They're power, they're power sticks. Um, you got the. We'll start off with the Boom Pro. Let's just run through these real quick. I mean, I don't know if we. I'm sure we got some guys that like to play heavy top spin and uh, power power first ball plus one tennis, as, as Gruskin likes to call it. Um, but uh, you have the Boom Pro. It is a little bit stiffer than the other two. I would say 16 by 19 st- string pattern, 11.7 strung weight. 
Uh, this is definitely a power stick. I mean, that right now you got Coco Golf endorsing it on the tour. I believe that's the first player I saw um, rock the stick in Australia. I don't, I can't confirm if, if she's changed from the head speed or not, but the boom does fit her, her playing style. And I mean, it's just, it's light. It's very light and it's pretty at contact point. I found it to be pretty stable. Um, you, I didn't feel like I was giving up much touch on, on volleys or uh, like a slice backhand. So that was, that was a big plus, but you know, the boom is um, a, a stick that I know heads very excited about. This is kind of their their power stick. You know, they've been more of a, a thin beam uh, control and um, accurate stick type, um, I feel like, brand. But uh, now they're dipping into the power game, and, and they've launched a great stick, great colorway. That's the Boom Pro. We so have the Boom MP that is as well. Different, that is different than the traditional head stick, and I'm glad you pointed that out because when I think about the Murray racket or the Djokovic racket, those feel very control-based in my experience with them. Honestly, reminds me of my Prince Graphite. I think if I'm ever going to change from that, that might be what I have to go to. Of course, my rule is I'm never changing from my Prince Graphite unless I get the racket for free from a sponsor. So any of you listening out there, very, very bribable. Um, but to me... You're, we so we might you, be able to make something happen there. I, I I don't know if I can listen to you say Prince again. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but um, this is a power-based stick. This is more, I don't want to say pro arrow or, you know, any Babolat-esque, but it's a freer swing. For sure. Like you said, this is – head, in my opinion, it's always been more of control and precision uh, coming out of their coming out of their products looking for. It's also a 98-square-inch um, head, uh, head, so I think – I'm used to a pure arrow, which is 100. So I thought that might throw me off, but um, pretty much just as often as I was with my pure arrow. Um, and it's a little more rounded uh, at the frame. And I don't know if that plays into my psyche or what, but um, yeah, it's just like, it's just, I, I think this is, if I would ever go off of Babla pure arrow, I'd probably lean towards towards the boom right now uh, if I'm going into headline. So that's that's a great option. Yeah, I mean, I, I got into it. We, we got a few samples of them four or five months ago. And I hit with it, and I was not sure on it. And I went back and hit with it like a couple of weeks ago, and I'm kind of sold on it. If you find the, if you find a good polyester, um, right now I'm using I'm using Yonix RP or Yonix Polytor Rev. That's that's my string right now, and I think that it suits that racket very well. And I also, it's a lot more stable at impact. I feel like uh, it's a he- it's a little thicker uh, frame in the throat of the racket, um, and it reduces the torque on off centered shots, which is like their whole whole, whole thing with this racket. Um, so if you if you don't hit that the the middle of your stick, you're still not going to get that uh, clunky off centered feeling, um, which I think is huge. So that E zone is is the real deal. And I also found it interesting. Darren Cahill dropped a good nugget on the broadcast that Nick Kyrgios is the only player to his knowledge that takes his racket off the wall and doesn't spec it out uh, with any customization, no no lead tape or anything crazy in there. So if you guys get the E zone, the 98. You guys are using the same stick as Nick Kyrgios as he just won a uh, Australian Open doubles title with it. So that was that was a pretty special, uh, pretty special start to the year for Keegs. See, I think it would be I would look really good with a Yonix racket. That's all. I'm just throwing that out there. I think it would be a great the, stick for me. Yonix is. I have to say, man, they they might they're they're pushing hard, man. They're 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 one of the, the big bright spots in tennis right now. Um, I think that's they're, they're going to have a strong presence in the future of tennis. Uh, I really want to know. Yonix was not going to tell me, and I've been pushing hard for it, but I got to know what Kakanakis is swinging. He's got a blacked out Yonix. Yeah. I've heard people calling it the ghost and all types of funny names just because no one knows. And 
I got to know Kakanakis is swinging. We'll, we'll see what he comes out with here soon. I'm sure once he signs officially, they'll, they'll let him endorse one of these rackets. But, um, yeah, the Team Yonix grabbing an Australian Open doubles title, that, that was a lot of fun and uh, a good kickoff, good launch for the season. Yeah, you, um, you, lastly, liked that, you liked that Kyrgios Kakanakis title, didn't you? Dude, I was – I don't know. I love that. I, I, those are my those are my dudes. I mean, I can – I can watch those two play doubles all. I mean, I think I, I made I, I made probably every match on the on, on that run there. I, I I made sure I didn't miss. I, I might have missed one, but that was just electric. I mean, they sold out every arena they played in. They had like two and a half just, million people watch the doubles final, which is that's like ten percent of the Australia population, or you know something crazy. I did hear. Yeah, I did hear. Somebody was it? Maybe you guys on the podcast were saying like if that percentage of people watched in America, how crazy the numbers would be. But um, no, I mean, that was unbelievable. And the only thing that bothered me is maybe is like, this is where I know I feel like I'm sounding old is like curious was just smashing those brand new E zones. And I'm just like, <laughs> dang, golly, but that's no curious is uh, I'm a big fan of him. And I know people feel one way or another about him, but I think he is going to help grow this game. And I thought he, I thought he put on a show. No, there was energy, no doubt about that, and the E-Zone obviously powering his run. It's a nice racket and available at tennis-point.com. What's the third one for me? You said Dunlop. Yeah, yeah, Dunlop, I mean, this was the first time I've ever taken, like, a serious interest in wanting to swing a Dunlop racket. Um, it's very comparable to the, to the Pure Arrow, 100-square-inch frame, uh, 11.2 ounces strong, uh, which is the same as, I mean, literally the same specs almost um, this is the as, as the Pure Arrow. The, S, the SX three hundred, gotcha. The yellow and black, yellow and black one. Um, yeah, it's it's a good looking stick. It even looks kind of like the Pure Arrow. Uh, it, it's almost like it, it could be like its long lost brother or something. So quick Heavy story spin. for you, Cleveland. Give I'm there. Me. Michael Moe uses this racket. I yes, yes, sir. My, my man Stockton, who's the stringer for the Cleveland Challenger, says, "Hey." Because I'm emceeing the event, I'm courtside. He's like, "Hey, I'm not going to see Mo. You will. Do you mind handing him this racket for me?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I can give him the racket." And I'm feeling this racket. I'm like, "Whoa, what is this racket?" Because I look at it from a paint job perspective, from a feel perspective. My literal thought, and not to be disrespectful to Dunlop, but I was like, "Is this a pure arrow? Like, is this just the pure arrow that I'm holding in my hand, and it just says Dunlop instead?" And but it, it wasn't quite that. It was still there was a little bit more bite to it. I was For intrigued. Sure. I wanted to swing it very, very – I wasn't going to swing his freshly strung racket before a semifinal match, but I thought about it. Hey, this is a, this is a little clip right here for Dunlop. They, they'll appreciate that because they, they've been selling the bite and the spin on this, and it's, it's, it's true to their word. Um, they have spin grommets right now in this in the stick, and it's, it's called the Spin Boost Plus grommets technology that they've kind of inserted into this. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it makes a difference. So if you if you're someone that wants something with a little more spin than the pure arrow and without kind of giving up much pop, 100 square inch frame, similar weight, very similar stiffness wise. Um, yeah, I mean this is a great racket and uh, good to see Dunlop kind of make a splash here early in 2022. And like you said, Michael Momo, um, one of the more familiar faces that's that's repping. Yeah, and it it is a nice racket. Like again, I want to give it a swing. I was very very intrigued by it, and so those are the latest and greatest. Again, you can find all three head Dunlop Yonix with our friends at Tennis Point Tennis Point dot com. Use that promo code CR fifteen to let them know we sent you there. With all of that said, let's flip. It might be time. Ooh. It might be time for a, cra- a cracked rackets tennis point giveaway in the very near future. So 
maybe maybe one of those three one of those three uh, sticks will be on the line for this. Uh, we just recently did a boom giveaway. We just recently did an E-Zone giveaway. That leaves us with the SX300 might be coming on a giveaway real soon. Tennis no, Point Crack Rackets collab. for me because I think the winner yeah. of that giveaway is Alex Ruskin. Just kidding. Um, yeah, oh. I, you say you're rusty. That is as good of a tease as you're going to find in the business, Nate Dog. So I appreciate that. With all of that said – Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the action we see unfolding on the Pro Tour this week. We've got four events I really want to highlight here on today's show. Let's start with our one big WTA women's event on the week. Of course, you know, we've got, I believe, 10 uh, top 25 players or a strong handful of them competing this week in St. Petersburg. Excuse me, all eight of our seeds, top 26 players uh, was the stat I was looking for. Of course, your top seed, Maria Sakari, a winner today. You've got Annette Conteve in play, the number two seed, three-set winner over Jill Teichman. In her first match, you've got Elena Rabakina returning to the court, Pavlachenkova, Bencic, Kvitova, Ostapenko, Mertens. Plenty of fun matchups we can get to. Give me what you're watching most closely in the St. Petersburg action, Nate. I, so I'm. Um, you said uh, Jill Teichman is someone that I've. I feel like I've taken a liking to since Cincinnati, where she she did she beat Osaka, correct? I'm yeah. not. That yeah. So we. Were, I, I believe I was there. I, it's been. It feels like ten years ago. <laughs> but Jill Teichman um, was one name I've, I've always been interested in. Ostapenko, I thought she, I mean, I got to catch some of her highlights and a little bit of her match. I thought she was looking pretty crisp, uh, striking the ball very well. Kvitova, good to see her. I felt like get back on uh, the right track because I feel like she's, when she's on, Kvitova's ceiling is, it's up there. Um, and then Sakari, I think Sakari is someone that I, I've always thought that she was going to have like a, uh, a season where we're going to, we can see her men one slam, maybe two slams. I mean, I just think she, her firepower, her movement, her physicality. Uh, her athleticism, she's tough. And then uh, lastly, uh, I, I'm probably butchering the last name, Sosnovich. Sosnovich. Sure. Yeah, she's I, she's she's freaking tough, man. I mean, I just I like watching her strike the ball. Uh, just always playing on her front foot, and that's that's kind of the the style of play that I that I enjoy. But no, I mean that, that is a loaded draw that they got there in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned some names, and I want to get to the seeds in, the, in a second, but some of the less heralded uh-huh. names. Serana Kirstea, who wins a really impressive three-set win over yep. the Rusova today. You know, She's coming off of a fourth round in Australia where she beat Kvitova. She beat Pavlachenkova, loses a really tight three-set match to Sviantek. She's made, you know, third round or further in four of the last five majors. Those sorts of things matter, and, you know, for her 31 years old here, 31 in the rankings that's going to be a fun match between her and Conteve because mm-hmm. if you don't have the yep. big power to overwhelm the ground strokes of Kirste, she's a little funky. She's got the big ground strokes. She takes them early on the rise to flat down the line. She's going to have some opportunities against Conteve. You're a big Conteve fan. Yeah, you're a big – that's your you, – you've been firing out some of her stats throughout the last few months, and I've always been blown away by what she's been able to put together in the last – 12, 15 months. It's funny because I think Teichman, Von Drusova are the next Conteve and Sakari. Like if two 22, 23-year-olds are going to boom the way they just did these past couple of seasons, I think those are the two to circle. Kirsten, obviously a little bit past that, but, you know, good win over Von Drusova to advance to the second mm-hmm. round. I'm really excited for Kaya Yuvan Bencic. Yuvan has just struggled with inconsistency. The ceiling looks great. I mean, I think Belinda Bencic is actually a pretty good comp for Kai Yvonne. Just strikes the ball so cleanly and the aggression she can play with when she's at her best from the baseline. Doesn't quite have the firepower of Bencic who survives a three-set thriller with Kudermatova, but 
I think that's one to keep an eye on. Now, you know, again, always like to turn to our friends at Tennis Abstract who provide us with the draw forecast for the tournament. You want to guess? Look at the draw. Who? Give me your top three. Who are your favorites? And then I'll give you the top three favorites according to the Tennis Abstract percentages. I, I have to say Sakari is there, right? She's number two, 16.1%. Okay. Um, is Benchich in there? Benchich is is in your top three. She's number three, 11.9%. Oh, if I go three for three right there, that's a hell of a start. Give well, me I should have asked number... you to give them to me in order because I feel like it's – Yeah, that, that's – yeah, no. Uh, probably your girl, Kontave. Is she 27.8%. She, she is your favorite to take home the tournament. Now, Kvitova, Rabakina, right up there with Benchich, not far behind. Merton's not too far off either. But, you know, what I really like about this draw is, again, you got the big names here and a lot of your mm-hmm. seeds. I don't think we've had a single seed fall quite yet. Now, I know uh, your number four seed for the event, who I believe was Anastasia Pavlachenkova, ultimately pulling out of the tournament before it begins. But, yeah, I mean, up and down the, the women's board. game is so deep. Oh, it is crazy. so deep. Like, yeah, and I'm, even with upsets, like Ostapenko's the seventh seed. Her ceiling is still just as high as everyone's. And, you know, since the grass yeah. court season started last year, Ostapenko has been playing outstanding tennis. Let's not forget, you know, you go back to the Australian Open. It's not as though Ostapenko lost a bad match. Ostapenko ends up losing a three-set match to Krejcikova in the third round. That was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not – and Krejcikova, I mean, that. Yeah, that's never tough. And we're indoor hard courts here. Like Ostapenko at the end of last season, I'm pretty sure she won an indoor hard. Yeah, or in Luxembourg, she loses in the final to Clara Tossin. Like this is a good surface for her. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's just it's crazy that indoor tennis just look. It just feels like it's a different game. It's interesting to see who kind of takes advantage of it. Um, It's the same thing for the men's side in Dallas. Like the guys I thought would be kind of benefiting from going indoors on a faster surface. Like a guy like Cresty, for example, um, we're not seeing that that kind of same success that we just saw on the on the outdoor courts. So, um, no, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like we just got done with the major, and I feel like now it's a busier time of the year than it was a week ago or two weeks ago. Very quickly, we're going to have the Middle East swing upon us, and I'm pretty sure Doha, Dubai start next week. And then, you know, after that, you get Indian Wells, and I saw a preliminary acceptance list was out today. After that, we've got Miami. It's like, yeah, we're rocking and rolling, man. It's the hard court, early hard court swing. And, you know, again, no WTA events last week, only one this week. As such, that's why you see so many mm-hmm. top players playing, because there is still opening at the top of the WTA game, and there are a lot of players nipping at the bit, not just to get into the top 10, but the top 32, the top 50, just to solidify your spot in these draws because there are no guarantees, you know, even if you're the number one seed, like Potapova is not an easy first-round draw for Maria Sakari, or you look for Annette Kontem, yep. Jill Teichman is not an easy first-round draw, and so St. Petersburg action loaded this week, a lot to watch, we'll continue to monitor it here on the Mini Break podcast. Let's move over to the men's side now, though, again, plenty of good action across the board, we'll start out with the ATP 500 happening in Rotterdam, and of course, we're recording this Tuesday evening, so we were both able to see Stefano Tsitsipas ultimately survive in three sets against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Now you look up and down the board here in Rotterdam again. Uh, thus far, your only seed uh, to lose a significant match, Denis Shapovalov gets, uh, I suppose, a couple of seeds. Denis Shapovalov knocked off straight sets, 4-4 four and four by Yuri Lechechka, a guy we've talked about a lot here on our Cracked Racket shows over the past year. Of course, Talon Greek. Spore 
eight challenger titles last season. That's a single season record. He knocks off Aslan Kartsev, overcomes match points. I'm pretty sure six to two, five three down. Ultimately takes a two six seven six seven six victory. Is Mackey over Basilishvili an upset? Like I don't know if it is three and two for Mackey over the number eight seed. Uh, he's so I would say here, just well. quickly, Lachetka upset. Greeks were yeah, over Karatsev, sure. upset given the context, but not surprising. Mackey over Basilishvili, in my mind, yeah. not an upset. Those are the three seeds who have lost thus far, Nate. Your thoughts? Did, did I read or hear that right, that Lehechka, that was his first main draw? In a, was it a 500 or was that an AT, his first ATP main draw? That was definitely his first main draw in an ATP 500. I will look up if it was his first 500, okay, main okay. draw, but I, certainly It might have been 500. So he won a couple of challenger titles last season, and you look for Yuri Lehechka, who, for those of you listeners who don't know, 20 years old and currently at a new career high, number 137 in the rankings. You look for Lehechka in his career, ATP events in he, total, uh, I believe. So he played Australian Open qualies uh, here last week, but no, this was his first ATP main draw, correct? That's what I thought. I thought I heard that. Oh, no, no, I no. It. He played Australian Open first round. Yeah, against Grigor Dimitrov. Yeah, no, no, no. I okay. retract. I retract. First, first, first 500. First 500. And I first guess. career win at, at the ATP level. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because when whenever the broadcast was talking about that, I couldn't believe it because the way he kind of composed himself and just kept things moving and just kept coming up with the goods, I mean, he made Shapovalov pay and just, just took advantage of his core positioning throughout that match. And Shapovalov got kind of sloppy with it, as he's tended to kind of do so, um, where he kind of loses, I don't know if it's concentration or he just kind of forgets what his, his strategy is to, to kind of his game plan A, I, whatever it is. But that guy took full advantage of it and really just kind of took it to Shapovalov. I mean, from, from, the, from the jump, uh, Shapovalov, that's, that's, not, that's not a great loss there. He's going to have to kind of find his way here quickly because – I, I thought he was going to start to find his rhythm after Australian Open. I mean, he took down Zverev in that weird match, and then he gave Rafa all he could handle in that fifth setter after he after getting down early um, two sets to none. But, um, yeah, Shapovalov, a guy that I was high on, I don't know. He still seems to be kind of figuring out what he wants to do out there against these guys. And Leheshka, um, that guy, I mean, I'd never, I'd really never watched him before until this match, and I, he's got the goods. I mean, he just moved well. His forehand was really, really, like, the ball is going like he's hitting the the ball's hitting the hitting the other side and it's going left. Like most of these guys hit a ball that's jumping past to the to the kind of the, the curtain or the backstop. His ball was like he was finding crazy angles with his forehand and getting like side spin on it. So you know who it, it reminds me of? I and I've said this comparison before, so I apologize, listeners. But he reminds me of Marcos Giron with a little more pop. Like it's literally just like the funkiness because there's an elasticity to both of them where yeah. there's just like on the run. Mm-hmm. You never exactly know what they're going to do and exactly how that ball is going to come off their racket. And yet they are fluid in the outer thirds. They use their speed to beat you to the spot. And, you know, both guys, six, well, Garona a little shorter, but Lehechka is 6'1", 6'2", and, you know, has better pop, in my opinion, on the first serve and that ability to play plus one tennis. And you look for him, fought off 10 of the 11 break points he, play, he faced. Now, Shapo did not play well, and in the post-match press conference, he talked about not being comfortable on the surface, only made 57% of his first serves indoor hard court. Simply put, that's just not acceptable. You're playing indoors. You can't make over 60% of your first serves. It was He didn't play well. He was just – and a, yeah. the problem is this level, you see it too frequently from him still. Yeah, and that's the thing with him is like indoor hard court, I would have penciled him in for a – 
three and three win there or two and two win there. I mean, as big of a hitter as he is, as cleanly as he strikes it off both wings, the serve and well, it, his it first not... serve was the biggest weapon in the match. The problem was he goes eleven of thirty on second serve points, thirty seven percent win mm-hmm. percentage. It's just like if he wasn't setting the term right away with his first serve. It didn't matter if it was a nope. second server turn. It didn't matter what it was. He just couldn't find a way to get back in control. No, Lehechka almost – I mean, he felt like he was sitting on every ball Shapovalov hit. Like, he was just sitting on it, waiting for that ball to – I mean, he, he kind of knew if it was down the line, across court. It didn't matter what Shapovalov did. It's just like Lehechka was sitting on it. Um, but, no, Mackenzie McDonald, that that match, that did not surprise me. Uh, against Sasha Zverev and Montpellier, he had chances in that tiebreaker – where I felt like he kind of he kind of choked it away a little bit. Um, I don't know if the moment got to him, but he was definitely striking the ball um, really well there and gave Zverev fits, especially in the second set. Uh, McDonald is just tough, man. He's just – you have to beat him. He's not going to beat himself. And he's got enough firepower that he can make you pay if you leave a ball hanging in the middle of the court. And it's just good to see him kind of round, round his career. He's 26 years old, and he's starting to kind of round into his own. And he, he knows what he wants. When he goes on the court – you just feel like McDonald knows what he what he wants to do, and um, it's just whether or not he can execute or not at, that, at a high enough level. But I really like his game, and I think he'll be a top 40, 45, 50 player for, I don't know, three or four or five more years. You know, it's it's really simple, but you look for Mackie McDonald in his last 52 weeks, he's 13-6 and six in his first-round matches played at the ATP level on hard courts. And, like, if you play 20 hard court tournaments and you get first-round wins in 13 of them, excuse me, 19 in 13 of them, that's how you stay in the top 50. Like, that's how you get mm-hmm. up to a new career high of number 49 because after winning those first-round matches, you know, you get to the final of the city opener. You make second rounds here and there as well, third rounds here and there. That's just how you keep yourself in the top 75, continue to move up the Mm -hmm. rankings, continue to put yourself in a position to play slams, play masters events. And that's what Mackie McDonald has done. You're right. 26 years old. It's the prime of his career. And he has positioned himself to play whatever schedule he would like moving forward. And I mean, again, from a numbers perspective, it makes sense. Mackie McDonald's returning, you know, break percentage 24.8. That's a top 20 number. You see his feel. He clearly has the speed, the athleticism. Now that second serve can hang for him. But he's making, you know, he makes seventy percent of his first serves against Basilashvili and wins eighty percent of those points. He plays such efficient tennis and can move forward and is so explosive. I agree. Like Basilashvili at his best, sure he can hit through anyone. But in these conditions, indoors, taking that ball early, everything a little bit quicker. You like Mackie there, and so mm-hmm. I think that's a really that's a really nice win for Mackie McDonald. Now, for Talon Greek Sport, just a reminder, he's six. That's your guy right there. 60 and 15 in his last 52 weeks. It's an 80% That's win insane. percentage. Like That's incredible. And watch him play. It's not just, a, oh, he's beaten up on challenger competition. First of all, you look for him in those 60 and 15, you know, that 60 and 15 run uh, for Talon Griegsport against top 100 opponents during that stretch of time, 9 and 9, uh, you know, 2 and 7 versus the top 50. That's not great, but just go... Again, just go watch him play. He's cleaning up on everyone who he's supposed to clean up on, and it's these sorts of opportunities. You know, for him, it was a three-set loss to to Casper Ruud, a three-set loss to Ugo Umber, a you know three-set loss to Carino Busta, or a four-set loss to Carino Busta. You know, six and six last week to Bublik and Montpellier. Mm-hmm. Bublik, the eventual champion. Greek Sports got the Bublik. Goods. Like his yep. forehand is money. 
The slice on the backhand wing keeps him creative, but he can swing through that side when he's pressured and on the run. He's got the athleticism. Mm -hmm. He's comfortable moving forward. And again, there's just a spin and a bite and a heaviness to his forehand where he gets the point on his terms when he gets to hit it cleanly. There's a reason Talon Griegsport right now 24th in the ELO ratings and 62 in the rankings, which ties his career high. Like, yeah, Karatsev should have cleaned up the match. You have five match yeah. points, all these different things, of course. But Griegsport is that good. Yeah, I mean, and he's got one of his names on the tour, not not to yeah. not to mention that. I mean, come on, Talon Griegsport, that's yeah. that's amazing. But Karatsev is going to hand – like, he just – that's just kind of the nature of his game, I feel like. He's, he's going to have chances and – He's, he's going to cough some up with just how he plays. He's not going to change his game style. He's not going to start um, – gosh, who – oh, it was uh, Quan. I don't know if you watched Quan like last uh, – I think it was against Bublik. He started hitting topspin moon balls. Like i never seen a guy on tour try to hit moon balls. And I, I can't remember who it was against. I meant to text you when it happened. I'm like, is Quan really trying to moon ball his way into a win like he's playing 12U? It was incredible. But um, no, Karatsev is gonna he's gonna have a bunch of unforced errors um, unless he's playing his A game where he can kind of clean it up. But no, shout out the Greek score uh, for really just putting together a hell of a match. And like you say, 16 sixty and fifteen is that is that the stat? Yeah, sixteen and fifteen. That's incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. And uh, you we also real quick Bublik. You just I, I mean I've never been more excited to see Bublik play tennis than he was. I mean he was having so much fun mm-hmm. in Montpellier. I don't, I'm sure you already, you already touched on that in the podcast, but when he's having fun and enjoying his tennis, that guy is world-class to watch. I mean, the, he was going backhand to backhand with Zverev, and he's like, oh, Sasha thinks I'm just going to give him a steady diet of this? No, I'm just going to throw a drop shot in and make Zverev look like an elephant coming to the net, and I'm either going to pass him or lob him. And, I mean, Zverev was – he didn't know what to do. He had no – he had, he still has to figure out how to how to come forward and and figure out the, 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 the front court part of his game because – I mean, yeah, if a guy like Bublik with hands, they're they're able to take full advantage of that, and that's yeah, that was that was another match that was a lot of fun for me to watch. Yeah, and Bublik, of course, going to take on Andy Murray tomorrow, so that's a fun one for all of us to enjoy. I mean, you look at the seeds here in Rotterdam, and by the way, Tsitsipas does advance in three sets and seem to find his rhythm. Although credit to Davidovich Fokina, I think that results more testament to his level than anything else. Rublev four and four winner, Hercots four and six winner, Cam Nori two and four over a struggling Ugo Umber. You know, Hatchinov survives, Musetti survives. The, yep. You know, Demon Hour comfortable over Gofen, which makes sense at this point. What are you watching? Demon for? Ours, I was gonna Demon, say, give me your other takes. Demon Demon R is trending like I he's was playing off better. Base, I think. He's playing better. Yeah, he's playing better. Because I thought he was he he was falling off there for a while and the calendar flipped to 2022, and he found his game like he normally does in Australia, in his home in his home country. And uh, yeah, I mean he's moving so well. He's playing a little bit more offense, and he's I mean his his foot speed is just something that is unbelievable. Some of those points with Gofan were ridiculous, but I'm happy for Demonar. That's a guy that I would I, I wanted him to prove me wrong, and he seems like he's uh he's he's doing just that, making me look a little silly for my take. Um, a few months ago, but uh, no, Demonar. That's another guy that I, I was going to mention. I also I, I like to show a little up to the doubles guys. You know, Felix Ajelia seen teaming up with Hercots, taking down the two seed Dodig and Mello. That's just those are the results that I like to see. I didn't get to watch any of it, but the fact that those guys are going to play doubles and kind of keep that keep this trend going of these singles guys trying to get some match play in. I'm a big fan of that. You had Bublik and Karatsev partner up. They got a win today as well. 
um, in, in a third set tiebreaker. So that's the stuff that I'm like, that if, if we can find a way to promote that, these guys doing that, like we did in Australia, I'm all in for it. And um, no, this this has been a great event. And um, I think Sitsipas versus Fokina was was another fun one. I, we just got done watching. Sitsipas, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I, I, I want to I be, I want to buy stock, but I just don't know. Did he reach his ceiling? What is, is he? Is he? Is he? Is he topped out, or do you think he still is going to keep kind of progressing and no, he just kind I of plateaued for a minute? I still think he's got another level to him because I still think the jump we've already seen from him physically just let him mature into this body, get more comfortable with it, and just become that much more, you know, of a monster and sets four or five of a Grand Slam yeah. match. And yeah, I still think there's room to grow for him on the backhand wing. I still think there's room for him yeah. to grow and continue to improve. I mean, his plus one forehand's exceptional, but just for sure. You know, again, getting the return of there. serve is mainly what I'm seeing. That's but like I feel not, like that's a very yeah. controllable thing. That is something for mm-hmm. him to, that he can improve. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he'll ever look into changing kind of his approach, like on in his preparation when the ball toss goes up, but he just. I don't know. Like it just, maybe he just needs to mix it up a little bit more. I just feel like he gets, it's he gives you the same thing, uh, the whole match, and the guys that are kind of feeling it a little bit on their serve, it's they, they, you can get into a rhythm against him. I just think though he always gets his weight moving forward, and fundamentally mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And so that's yeah. why I'm a believer in him because in the biggest moments he's still swinging and playing on his terms, and I actually think he's gotten better on playing defensive tennis and gotten more physical and more fluid, and just. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a huge fan. I no, I still think there's a little bit more ceiling to scratch into. Um, good, but but I think that's a very good, good question. Like because again, he has maximized the serve, the plus one. It's like all right, he, that's elite. Like that's going to work for a while. Yep. Um, but it was good to see Rublev healthy. Good to see a bounce back from Hercots Nori, much needed win. Who you Nori got? looked good. Who are you Nori taking in good. Rotterdam? Give me your win. I... Tennis abstract, Tsitsipas, 23.1%. Rublev, 16.3%. Hercots, 12.2%. Felix, who we haven't seen play yet, 11.5%. Give me give – me, give me Felix. I, good pick. I, I, read in, I, I read into the social media stuff way too much. That's kind of like my thing, I guess. And Felix looks like he's, he wants to be there. He just he, – he's – He's posting. He's hyped to be there. He's showing some video of him kind of on the grounds, and he's doing some hype videos. So, like when the guys buy into that, I buy into it. And I'm, I guess it's like it's bait for me, but I, I'm taking all the bait. I think Felix just looks like he's ready to play. He's he played at a high level, obviously in Australia. I think he continues to do that indoor hard court with his forehand. His plus one is as good as as anybody's on tour. I would I would probably say. And um, yeah, I think I think he's playing really good ball. I think he's having fun. I, that's not a guy I, I'm willing to bet against right now. Rublev, I would have probably picked him, uh, but I don't know. Maybe he, he's still like, – the, the guy doesn't take a rest. He doesn't take any breathers. So it's like, are his legs fresh? I don't know. If they are, Rublev is a tough one. He's had some time since Australia ended. I think he's fresh. He's still yeah. only 25 years old. Like, come on. Bad back, though? It's a, Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. That's true. Imagine if you were a pro athlete right now. Like we're still fresh. Yeah, right? we can be no. fresh in the in the in the pinch of a button. Um, right. And so, you know, Fair I enough. do think he'll be okay. Felix is a good pick. I would bet whatever you want to bet that he's going to win his first ATP title this season. Yeah, that's and I I would love to see it be here. Like mm-hmm. I think this would this would be a fun one for him to get. He's got a he's got a fresh fit on. We have those those beautiful shoes he's got on those soul those soul courts. We got them on tennis point. I'm a huge fan of those multicolored Adidas shoes that he's rocking. Um, no, I, I want to see. I want to see Felix break through. Now? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, either it, it just I have two. I go with the ASIC gel resolutions, or I go with the barricades. So um, the gel eights, amazing. Yeah, so interesting. You got two shoes. Interesting as well. I don't. Yeah, I don't, that's I'm weird. Old. If I'm playing singles, I'm wearing barricades. If I'm playing doubles, I'm going for comfort. I'm I'm picking the gel resolution. Really? Why? In singles, I slot. I find myself sliding more and like moving much more violently. Like if I'm if I get a drop if I get drop shotted or whatever, like I'm sliding into that shot or from behind the baseline. I find myself putting much more pressure on like the outside of my foot. Um, and the, I just trust the barricade so much. I feel like okay. the durability of that shoe, the, the stability of that shoe. Uh, I, I stay locked into that shoe a little bit more. But as far as comfort, breathability, um, the lightness of the of the gel. And doubles, I don't need. I'm not moving. I mean, I'm only covering half the court, so it's not quite as uh, as violent. And that's the gel resolution eight is. Um, it's a. It's one of the elite shoes. All right, that's fair. Well, then, with that said, let's move on now. Talk about the action happening in Dallas, and you know, of course, it's on the grounds of SMU. Shout out to Grant Chen, the entire SMU program, for getting this up to an ATP 250 level event. And of course, they've had the challenger for so long, but super exciting to see ATP Tour tennis always whenever it's here in the United States for us. And you know, you look thus far. I don't think anything too shocking. You did just have Yuri Rodionov, the lefty, knocking off Maxime Cressy, 6-1 in the third. You know, Giron seated here, number seven. He knocks off Sandgren. Nakashima, a nice win over John Millman, 5-6. and six. Nothing too shocking thus far. I was going to say nice Fritz. Nice win for Liam Brody. Particularly good bounce back for him post-Cleveland after he lost to Galarno last week. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I... Liam Brody, um, he's kind of got together. He qualified for the Australian Open and has had some success afterward. I think that's a guy that I've kind of watched, like as far as random people that I've watched more than most. He's one of them. Um, sure. He he actually just he actually just posted a picture on his uh, his Nike shoes ripped up his feet uh, when he left Cleveland, and he had a he had a hell of a time getting to Dallas. Uh, whether it was he had to drive all over the place and fly all over the place, so I was following that kind of story and. I was shocked to see him kind of get a win after that mess, but um, no, I think that Liam Brody's a guy that I he um, playing good ball. Oscar Ott, big fan of him playing Jack Sock right now. Probably the most legendary celebration that I've ever seen at Wimbledon <laughs> with Oscar Ott. Um, you guys can look that up yourselves on little Google images, but mm-hmm. Oscar Ott is uh, that dude's entertaining. Jack Sock, hopefully he's healthy. He had COVID, um, I believe he got it when he was in um, Columbus mm-hmm. and pulled out. So it was a bummer because I was actually up there and the, the stands were all hyped to see Jack and everybody was filling it in and they're like, where's Jack? Where's Jack? And all of a sudden the news got released that he was out. And so that, that was a bummer for Columbus fans. But uh, Jack Sock, he did play in Cleveland. Who did he lose to in Cleveland? He ends up withdrawing against Michael Moe in the second set. Michael Moe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he lost, the, yep, lost the first set to Moe. Moe. Yep. So that's a fun matchup, but um, – yeah, you got Pospi still. Um, he looks to be kind of getting ba- getting back into the swing of things. I saw he hit with Djokovic not too long ago as well. Um, and then Kruger, obviously the uh, the uh, hometown favorite, I believe. I believe Kruger's from Dallas. Uh, I know Mark Stein, uh, 
Dallas Mavericks beat writer, um, now a national writer, is, is family friends with the Krugers. So I know he'll be in attendance. Mark Stein has been hyping up Kruger, the Kruger uh, bandwagon for a while. So he's got Nishioka. Nishioka, that's that's not a guy you want to play right now. I mean, he's just dominated in Columbus, dominated in Cleveland. Uh, he's he's on a tear, trying to get back in his, his good standing into the top whatever, 70, 80, where he can kind of get into these uh, main events. And when, when Nishioka is healthy and moving well, that's that's a tough customer right there. So, no, and Giron versus Sangren was a fun match. I, I got to watch a good amount of that. Sangren's he's complaining about the bouncing, the ball is not bouncing on these courts and whatnot. Um, I thought that was Sangren's drama is always entertaining. Um, but Giron, that, that dude's tough, man. I just, it's crazy how good you have to be to, to be top 40, top 50, because Giron is just, that's he, he can he can beat these guys that are in the twenties thirties when he's playing well. Uh, he impressive firepower for his for his stature. Mm-hmm. No, I mean to me, what's so interesting and it epitomizes where we're at right now in American men's tennis. Three of your top four seeds, of course, Isner is in there as your number three seed. Number one seed, Taylor Fritz. Number two seed, mm-hmm. Riley Opelka. Number four seed, Jensen Brooksby. Come on now, like how is that not exciting as an American tennis fan? And you look for again Brooksby, who loses to Nishioka in three sets in Columbus, comes straight uh, from there to play this event. It's going to be fascinating to see how he follows up what was, I mean, uh, a dream season some in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I talked. To, I got to talk to Brooksby for ten fifteen minutes in Columbus um, after his match. He had said he was still he didn't feel great after playing Istman. He said he still had effects from COVID uh, where he had to pull out of the Australian Open. He said he just couldn't get his, his breath and his legs back quite yet, uh, but he played pretty well in, in that match, I thought, after, after a rough start. But if he's, if he's kind of gotten his legs back from, from that post-COVID, that's, I can't wait to see what he does this year because I think he's, his ceiling is, is up there. And Riley Opelka said that he's, gonna, he's his favorite to be the best American, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, anyone gets a set 6-1 off uh, Novak Djokovic, you have our attention. Brooksby, the favorite according to Tennis Abstract, 22.8%. Fritz, 21.1%. Then big drop. He's a a bigger favorite over Fritz? Yeah, the numbers love Brooksby. I mean, he hasn't lost, like, ever on hard courts. His only losses are to Sinner and, like, Djokovic. That's it. Like, that's when those are your only two losses, you're going to be held in pretty high esteem by the math. Wow. I... I mean, you look for it. Look, seriously. Jensen Brooksby last year. Semifinals Antwerp loses to Schwartzman. Indian Wells loses to Zverev. U.S. Open loses to Djokovic. City Open loses to Sinner. Loses three sets to Basilashvili, but that was the day after the City Open, so I throw that one out. I mean, like, there it is. That's why he's so high. And then the Nishioka lost, of course. I do love that you give context on these losses when you go over your pods on how close they were to the next tournament. Because I think fans are like, oh, he lost this. Like, dude, he played in a final or semifinal like three days before. Literally. And had to travel. Yeah. Like, fans don't understand. That. Maybe some fans do. You, you have a lot of smart listeners listening to this podcast. So maybe they, so maybe they all do understand that. But it's like to get into a, into a van, book back to your hotel, grab your belongings, fly out, get a practice in, and play another match at another event. The, the courts are probably different. The facility is different. The could be. Fa- I mean, all that stuff comes into play, and it's like that. That, that stuff is. I'm. I, I just appreciate that we put things into context when we're talking about those. So that's cool. I, I am grateful you say that. I will say this. Shout out to Mark Ein at the City Open who flew Yannick Sinner and Mackie McDonald, the two finalists, out in a private jet out to Canada. 
But Brooks wow. we lost in the semifinals, so he wasn't on the private wow. chat. And so, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, context matters. That's why we pointed out. Um, but no, I appreciate you saying that. And of course, that's going to be fascinating. Last but certainly not least, Buenos Aires. We're on the clay courts already. Crazy to think it, but we are indeed. Oh, I forgot to ask quickly. What do you think of the the court color in Dallas? Mm, I'm looking at it right now. A sock that red and blue. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I'll be nice. Uh, I, I'm happy Dallas has an event, but and I I think this is great. But maybe next year we can look at a, a paint job. Maybe <laughs> that's just that's the tough contrast right there, my man. I don't know. It looks like kind of is that SMU's colors though? It is SMU. So they didn't change anything. Okay, no. Shout out to the Mustangs. Um, good. No, I, I I'm not someone that complains about the color of the courts very often. I think it's cool that they all have their own look. And um, no, that's 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 all that's all good with me. All right, we'll take it then. Well, then, with that said, let's get to Buenos Aires, our final match of uh, tournament of the week, of course. It's a clay court event, which I don't know if it's too soon for that, but it is indeed a clay court event. And you look last week, Alejandro Tabilo knocked off in his first ATP final against Albert Ramos Vanolas. Uh, both guys, I believe, in the draw here this week in, and indeed, they Vinolas, are, although Ramos Vanolas already knocked out by Montiero. Uh, of course, physical week for him last week, though, but. Top seed, Casper Ruud, ready to start racking up some clay court points. Diego Schwartzman, your number two seed in the draw here. Your number three seed on the week, Lorenzo Sonego. Your four seed, Fognini. You look via our friends at Tennis Abstract. Ruud, a 42.9% favorite. They're pretty much saying he's going to win the tournament. If it's not him, they go Schwartzman, 20.8. Then a big drop after that. You've got, you know, Sonego, 7.8. Fognini, 5.6. They're pretty lopsided here. I mean, I'm excited for Munar Schwartzman. I'm excited for Sarendolo Kasmenovic. All of these matchups up and down the board should be very, very fun. Now, I don't know if I'm ready to process clay court results, but it should be a good week. What are you watching it, for, Nate? This, this event, I, I never thought I'd be watching clay court tennis in uh, February, but it caught my attention, obviously, with, with this draw. Um, you put me on to, to Baez, I, I want to say, like four months ago. Mm-hmm. So I've been more tuned into this guy. That dude just played Holger Rune in a uh, – I mean, that was just clean tennis from that guy. I mean, he's just – he's so talented. And, he, like, his shot making, if I'm him, like, he's just – his shot making doesn't even impress – he's not even impressed by what he's doing out there, it feels like. I'm like, dude, you just hit a freaking missile down the line on the dead run. And to get Holger Rune to kind of clap his racket in that hostile environment, that's how you know you're, you're coming up with the goods because Holger Rune was not happy with, uh, with the fans there um, and how they were kind of clapping in between – um, serves and you know they they were doing the uh, the soccer cheers and stuff. Hell of an atmosphere though. I, I enjoyed that one, but um, obviously I'm most excited to see the legend Juan Martín Del Potro uh, take on his fellow countryman Federico Del Bonas. That's gonna be that, that's tipping off in like 18 minutes here, and that that's gonna be uh, fireworks just to see what he's gonna be able to do. And he what he's saying his last his last uh, event on the tour, which is a uh, a massive bummer for tennis fans is. Uh, Injuries just completely derailed what was going to be a um, just an unbelievable career with his talent and his 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 power. I mean his his ball strike. I mean that guy is just an elite athlete. Just a bummer, but happy to see him back in action again. I, I don't know what he's going to look like, but I know I'll be tuned into that one as I'm, I'm sure you will be as well. Oh, it's going to be fun to watch Delpo compete, and I hope his mom watches him play and goes, "Whatever happened to your backhand, son?" 
Like, and then he's like, are you serious, Mom? Like, come on now. Um, no, it's it's such a shame that this is how, uh, you know, hopefully we do get to see him play more. Hopefully modern medicine can give him Wolverine claws or something in his wrist. Please, just, please, like, please. We can figure this out because, yeah, it's it's just such a joy to watch him play. I watch the 2016 Olympic highlights far more frequently than I should. And, yeah, I, it's you're right. That's the number one storyline this week in Buenos Aires. With all that said, any final thoughts, Nate Doc, before we wrap today? Fernando, Fernando Verdesco, that's a guy I've obviously loved for a long time. I, I feel like everybody loves Fernando Verdesco. Mm-hmm. Um, just as he's just a, a beautiful player to watch with how he swings, and he had a nice win yesterday. I thought like his movement stood out to me. I haven't seen him move that well. I mm-hmm. guess he's always been comfortable on clay. So I mean, his court coverage was on point yesterday, and um, I was just happy to see him back on clay getting a win with his heavy toss pin forehand just doing some damage and um i'll, I'll turn into verdesco till the end so yeah. no buenos aires it's uh it's a hell of an event and uh, this is a a rare thing for me to be excited for clay events but i'm i'm pretty excited for this one well with all that said then nate doug give me the plugs what can we expect from you guys at tennis point where should we follow it all um so yeah we uh check us out We'll, we'll shout out the YouTube channel first. We've been doing a lot of product reviews on there. Okay. For those of you guys that, that are looking for the the, the uh, latest, uh, whether it's shoes or rackets coming out, and you want to hear kind of um, our inside insider thoughts on those things, I think our guys have done a tremendous job of putting out a, a really nice review uh, and kind of just a quick overlook of uh, what's out there. And we have we've got a, a few personalities that – are big into this and they've done a tremendous job with that. So it's been fun to kind of watch that YouTube uh, page grow. We'll also plug the Instagram. We had a recent change. We added uh, it's tennis underscore point underscore USA. Uh, we had, we had some, uh, some hackers trying to tell people they want some giveaways. So we tried to change the name. We'll hopefully if that changes, we'll see if that changes anything. But so now we're just add the USA on there. Uh, we'll plug the Instagram. You guys can uh, check us out on the pure tennis podcast as well. Uh, we'll be getting that up and running again this week. And um, yeah, I think I think that's all I got to plug in. I love to hear it. Well, Nate Doc, it's great to see your smiling face. As always, we here at the mini break, immensely grateful for the support. And listeners know tennis point, uh, tennis-point.com, the promo code is CR15. Of course, if you've missed any of our content here at Cracked Rackets, you can go to our website, crackedrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. With all of that said, for my fantastic co-host, Nate Walworth, our super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Nate, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thank you, as always, Nate. Much love for the Cracked Rackets family. Talk to you guys soon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.